You're listening to English with Monty, the podcast about the English language. Today we're talking about English resources, books and the like. Hello there and welcome to English with Monty. We're on to episode 18 now and I've got Gideon back on the show. After a break of a couple of episodes, he was sunning himself on the beach in Gran Canaria. He refused to do any episodes, but welcome back, Gideon. That's true. But there's a thunderstorm today here in Las Palmas. So I thought, why not? Let's do a podcast with John. No, well, fair enough. I mean, you've been on the beach for two weeks solid, right? I'm bronzed. More than you can imagine, more than normal. (laughs) Bronzed and beautiful. Oh, yes, exactly. (laughs) Thank God this is a podcast and not a video, but yes. People would be disturbed otherwise, potentially. Today we're going to be doing an episode about resource books for English. And we're going to talk about things that you can use as a student, but also things that you can potentially use as a teacher as well. And Gideon has told me he's got one or two things up his sleeve, which I think is going to be quite interesting to discuss. I'm going to kick off with a kind of mini series, I'm going to call it the in-use books, because you're quite familiar with the in-use books, aren't you? Are we talking about uh, Mr. Murphy? We are talking about Mr. Murphy. Yes, that's right. I am very familiar with them. (laughs) Very, very, very familiar with them. Might know some of them by heart, but you carry on. I normally use three different ones. And the good thing about these particular books is that they can be used either as self-study as a student, or they can be used by the teacher as well. So they're a combination of the two. Grammar and use is very nice in the sense that you've got one page on the left, which gives you a nice explanation of everything. And then one page on the right where you can do exercises. In fact, all of the books have that format, which I think is really nice because obviously as a teacher, you've got a reference point and as a student, you've got something to do as an exercise while looking at your reference point. Obviously you can cover it over if you want to. For teachers as well, it's nice to give as homework exercises. I totally agree. Especially I think the first two books especially they're kind of masterpieces in their field. And as you say, you can use the home study for complete beginners can use it. Teachers can use it for the reference and the intermediate one too. A, a little bit less happy with the advanced one. Is that the green one? That is the green uh, one, isn't it? Yeah. But it's good. A little bit less good than the first two, but really, really good resources. I've been using them for many, many years. I tend to find the intermediate one is the best one. Mm-hmm. Because I guess that's quite well-rounded. Yeah. I'm not really too familiar with the advanced one. Why are you not so keen on that one? I think it's just a bit more tricky to cover advanced topics. Hmm. And sometimes maybe you want to go outside the format of like a traditional book with grammar and exercises. But it's good. It is good. But I sometimes use other resources for advanced, I'd say. Okay, fair enough. I mean, I quite often use the English idioms one with Spanish couple they have a very advanced level. And I find it's very useful because it talks about different topics, idioms on money, for example, or idioms on, I don't know, success and things like that. It's quite nice because you can focus in on whatever you're going to be talking about. And often with them, I 
focus in on a particular idiom section that I think would be most relevant for their business because they're architects. In fact, they appear in episode seven. If you want to listen to episode seven, they get a lot out of that and it's good fun. Do you have any experience of the pronunciation one at all? No, actually, I don't. That's quite a nice one. Also, that one as well, it talks about different kinds of English. It will give you little tips about the difference between British English and American English. So it will give you a little section, like, for example, I don't know, with the long vowel sound in British English is, mm-hmm. is more common. Typically in the south of England, you would say castle instead of castle. And then it talks about that idea and obviously relates that to American English as well, typically using the shorter form. In fact, I guess it would always use the shorter form. Mm. Also as well, there is a CD. I don't have the CD, but... Do people still use CDs? <laughs> Good question. In fact, maybe that's maybe. why I don't have the CD. Maybe you need to download it. We should check if it's an up-to-date version with a sort of downloadable file. I must I'm, admit, I'm, I didn't check that. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. there is a downloadable file. The original version did give a CD. Mm. and probably the version before that, a cassette. Yes. For me, I do use these, so I I like these a lot. Are there any particular go-to books you would have? Yeah, I have have one, because in the classrooms I do, it's mostly conversation classes, but we do do grammar, Mm -hmm. do quite a lot of grammar, and I need one book that sort of covers everything, and I found it, and it is How English Works by Michael Swan. Mm. And it's an exceptional book. I love it how it's such a short book. They covered grammar from beginners to advanced and with lots of good examples and lots of interesting exercises. Just like the Murphy books, you can use it for home study, but it's a very good resource for teachers as well. So highly recommend it. Okay. I've never used that one. That might be quite interesting for me to take a look at and see if I can use it too. Yeah. It's the kind of thing where you can do exercises with the students together is that right yeah i usually do them spoken Mm -hmm. i'll read out an example or two and get the students to give the correct answer hopefully Mm -hmm. rather than written exercises that's just what we do in our our school it's not so much written but you could certainly could do written exercise if you wanted to yeah okay great because i often use well this is normally with individual students i use english file oh yeah which is by Christina Latham Koenig and Clive Oxenden. And the reason why I enjoy this one is because you've got quite a variation of things you can do with a student. So really, this is just a, a teacher's resource. It's not mm-hmm. a self-study book. Yeah, You're using it where you've got a reading section, a speaking section, these things that you can use together. So they mix things up quite nicely. It's normally split up into a number of different topics say the first topic is transport and then you go through these different exercises with transport what i find very useful is the grammar section at the back because i always find the way they explain the grammar i think is nice because it's very brief and concise Mm -hmm. but what they do as well is they have three grammar sections per unit right and then they have a brief explanation on the left-hand side of the page. And then on the right-hand side of the page, you've got a brief exercise or a brief couple yeah. of exercises you can do. So I find that a really nice way of just doing a refresher with students because they're not long. And because the grammar explanation is very brief as well, I find it's 
a very simple way of putting two and two together mm -hmm. that doesn't take too much time and doesn't take too much studying. And I always find students understand very clearly what the grammar explanation is, which I think is key, really. Yeah, that's a good choice. Uh, I could come on to one for maybe more for teachers or advanced students, mm -hmm. or not necessarily. And it's actually again by Michael Swan, but believe me, he's not paying me to promote his books. <laughs> if you're a teacher, then practical English usage is like a Bible in a way. I said, not only a teacher. If I ever have any doubt, a student asks, what's the difference between each and every? And I thought, oh, I'll get back to you in a minute. And then I sort of get out my copy of uh, practical English usage and it's all in alphabetical order with all the sort of doubts that you have in English and can consult it and it gives you the answer. So it's very, very useful. It doesn't have any exercises. Hmm. It's just like a reference book. Well, it is a reference, not like a reference. It is a reference book hmm. and very useful for maybe upper intermediate onwards and teachers use it. It is useful for English learners, just at a much higher level. I would say maybe not for yeah beginners or lower intermediates. You might get bit confused by it all but uh, higher levels yeah have you used it that one i haven't to be honest that sounds like an interesting one and i perhaps should look into getting a copy christmas <laughs> is coming up at some point you can buy me that that's no problem yeah sure that's what your presents or basically english grammar books are they yeah always <laughs> not no. games or bicycles or scale electric or <laughs> you just i'm not spent, I'm you not spent, spent. <laughs> he spent christmas day reading english grammar books that's nice when i was 10 i did get scale electric so okay, scale electrics was pretty amazing or okay. lego lego love lego. lego i should have mentioned lego because i love lego yeah lego's amazing not yeah. going to help much of your english grammar no as soon as i got to the age of 18 i just became very serious and just wanted grammar books yeah. good for you but that's why you're such an expert in the field pretty much yeah from the yeah. age of 18 i was just so focused on english in fact that's a lie it was more from the age of 25 okay one book that i really like this isn't actually for english learners or english teachers this is actually a general book for anybody who wants to learn a language and it's called fluent forever and I really like this book on the basis that I think it has some nice ideas and it tries to simplify everything. And its idea is that I think it's 600 words, but basically it says that if you learn these 600 words in any language, then that gives you pretty much an intermediate basis of a language. Is that right? Yeah, which I find quite curious. Any language you're learning, you can apply that rule. And then if you've got that kind of 600 base level of words, because they're the most commonly used words typically in any language, then that gives you a nice grounding for anything at all. Is toaster in the 600 words? I don't think so. I suppose it depends how much you like toast. Toaster's in it, I guess, okay. probably. I don't remember i think that's quite a nice idea though because it gives you something to aim for from a vocabulary point of view and therefore if you have learned those things then that's great it starts off with three ideas as well it says basic keys to learning a language it talks about learning pronunciation first obviously mastering the sounds of the language 
So your ears obviously become attuned to the sounds and makes vocabulary acquisition easier. And then listening comprehension, of course, and speaking comes more quickly on that basis. It also says don't translate. The idea of throwing away your native language and spend your time building fluency instead of decoding sentences word by word, Mm -hmm. which is fair enough. And then the third one is that it talks about using spaced repetition systems. They call them flashcards on steroids, apparently. Okay. Very similar to, I don't know if you've ever used Memrise. Have you ever used Memrise? No. So Memrise is quite good. I mean, it's often used for languages, but it's an application. It can be very good for improving your vocabulary because it uses like a scientific method to remember specific words and you can use it for any subject it's not just languages just to remember things for examination practice they talk about using a system called anki which is a n k i which is like a free computer-based system you can apparently use it as a paper-based system as well if you want Mm -hmm. the idea is that you maybe use it 30 minutes a day you can learn about 30 new cards every day and then you have your old cards as well it's pretty similar to memorize as in it keeps on repeating things so Mm -hmm. that you can memorize things and keep it rather than originally at the beginning it's in your short-term memory and then after a while it gets pushed into your long-term memory maybe that could be my christmas present john i must admit i wasn't familiar with that uh, work that's no problem i mean normally i I buy you something big and extravagant, but I'm happy, <laughs> happy to buy you this instead. Yeah, stop it, John. Don't spend more than £200 on my Christmas present anymore. That's yeah. an order. That's the I maximum. I bought you a Ferrari last time, didn't I? So. <laughs> yes, from all the money you made from the podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> if only. But also, I think the other thing that this mentions, and obviously this is not talking about books, but it mentions the idea of doing speaking a lot but using different platforms i don't know if you know verbling have you used verbling at all mm, i'm afraid not no talks about livemocker.com as well not known to me so check okay. these out i think they're free platforms it talks about verbling as being like a style of speed dating i don't know why it compares it to speed dating you get other learners basically it's an exchange so if you're learning french you have a French person and the French person is learning English, for example, and then you exchange the languages. Oh, I see. Language exchange. Exactly. But it's very quick, apparently. I've never used it. Apparently, it's a nice one. You are actually speaking to the person? Yeah. Okay. And you just speak to them for a short time and then you move on to another person? That's the impression I get. I'd have to use it to find out, to be honest. That, Wouldn't it just be focused too much on small talk? It was their short conversations. You'll end up doing introductions every time. Quite possibly. I think that's the difficulty with something like that, that that could be the case. Apparently, livemocker.com is about longer conversations. Okay. It's a bit more of a general dating website. These are not dating websites. That's just the comparison it uses. Okay. Oh. Yeah. It's like the same kind of formula, communicating and yeah. but you're learning a language. Exactly. They also as well have conversation topics that you can be used like, so on the Fluent Forever website, which is fluent-forever.com forward slash conversation dash questions. You've got a handy list of conversation topics. Mm. That's quite nice. 
the other thing that I liked is I might get this book because it looks amusing, but there's a book called Smith and Doe's Book of Horrible Questions. Yeah, okay. And one of the questions is, for $1 million, would you eat a human foot <laughs> with bone removed? With bone removed. Oh, that makes a big difference. <laughs> Because it'd be pretty gross with the bone. It would, yeah. But it wouldn't be gross without the bone. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. Yes, interesting. Yeah, they're sort of challenging questions. Well, horrible questions. That's what it's about. That's interesting. I think that could be on your Christmas list as well, I think. Mm. We'll have to do another podcast responding to those horrible questions. Maybe we should. I could get the book and we could respond to some horrible questions. Mm -hmm. Okay. If you would like to hear more of Gideon's lovely voice on his own podcast about curious and interesting things about the English language, it's Zeitgeist Banana. Just search for Zeitgeist Banana where you get your podcasts. You will find some wonderful and interesting stories with more of me, too. I was looking something up on the internet and I'd forgotten the name of the book and I typed in 101 phrasal verbs into google ah, yeah and guess whose ugly mug came up on google oh really it's just because i did a video 101 idioms is that why was it 101 idioms rather than phrasal verbs both both in case you're if you're listening i did 101 idioms and another one 101 phrasal verbs you okay. should definitely check out those amazing award-winning videos yeah you should I was just amazed at how quickly they came up on my screen. I was like, I'm not looking for that. Gideon plastered all over Google. <laughs> I can't get yeah. away from this guy. Oh, yeah, yes, that's true. Yes, I did. Let Them Talk TV is a great tool, though. My book that I was looking at is called, it's not 101, it's Really Learn 100 Phrasal Verbs. I do know that book. Actually, you stole my thunder, if did I? I can use oh. an idiom, because I was going to recommend that book, actually. Well you, well, you can tell us about it then. I haven't got it in front of me. because Actually, just tell the listeners that I don't have any books in front of me because I'm uh, in the Canary Islands and my extensive library is back in Paris. So I have to do everything from memory. Do help me out, John. It's 100 really useful phrasal verbs. Phrasal verbs are particularly difficult because they can have more than one meaning. Like, Definitely. Um, trying to think of an example to, to make up have more than one meaning can't it this one explains different meanings of each phrasal verb and also has pictures and all those exercises so yeah i like it pretty much i use this with nicola i think it was episode 10 we did a phrasal verb game and i often use it as a game where they choose between number one and 100 you read out the phrasal verb and if they know it then they can construct a sentence and then I give them points if they know it or if they need help, yeah. they don't get the point. But also when they construct the sentence, it's like they get an extra point if they've used it correctly. And then another point if it's interesting or fun. I don't know if I made up a story is quite a boring sentence. Yeah. Whereas if I said I made up an elaborate story about Gideon's crazy trip into the mountains in Gran Canaria where he got lost and was almost eaten by a lion, then that would get more points because it's more yeah. interesting. Less believable though, because there's no mountains and no lions here. There yeah. is a mountain on Tenerife. There is, isn't there? Mount uh, yeah, Tady. The, 
Oh, you know. Oh, I'm it's... impressed by your geography. I've been there yeah. a few times. It's the highest oh, have. mountain in Spain, isn't it? Even though it's not in Spain. Oh, a round of applause for John. Yeah, you see, I've got knowledge everywhere. Yeah. Oh, impressed. Have you been there? You climbed it, have you? No. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> I Did you take your grammar books to the top? Yeah, pretty And much. read them from the I... top of the mountain? I visited there a few times with my family when I was younger. And okay. we drove up there. We didn't climb up there. Okay. But I think we did do a bit of walking. Nothing too strenuous. With this phrasal verb book, so normally you have five example questions and then you have a section where you check the meaning. So they give you yeah. a few different ideas where you think, for example, we've got fill up here and it says, if you fill up a container or a place, it becomes completely full. Which of these can you fill up? So a glass, a jug, a sandwich, a suitcase, etc. So I think that's quite nice. And then you've got a practice section mm -hmm. where you fill in the gaps and then also building your vocabulary section, which gives you other meanings or synonyms as well. Mm -hmm. It's a nice one. It's good. Yeah, it is. I use it. I've used it. It's, it's excellent. Very clear. Are we can get in commission on the sales of these books, John? We're not, but I think we should. <laughs> Maybe we should approach yeah. these people after the podcast, after we yeah. get millions of downloads. You could mention, you know, we're doing this out of the goodness of our hearts. There's no financial comeback for us. We're just giving a plug. There's no vested interest. People often plug things. Oh, you should definitely read this book. Yeah. And then you know that they're getting a commission. But no, we're not. We're just no. talking about the books we like. That's very true. But if you watch Let Them Talk TV, you are actually paying for Gideon's holiday in Gran Canaria. Is, is that right? That's a different matter. I don't know. That's, that's not the case. The, <laughs> the pen is that I receive. Maybe paying for a coffee once in a while. I thought you got so. millions. I'd say, no, I'm afraid it's like that on YouTube. Yes. Yeah. You need to do a cat video. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it's beyond the remit of this podcast, but I was going to recommend one website that i like okay yeah go ahead it is called englishpage.com english page um, okay yeah and it's really good for grammar it's completely free if you're looking for a grammar item okay i don't know present perfect continuous it gives you diagrams to explain the grammar it gives examples it gives exercises it's very clear it's very precise and really great resource and completely free englishpage.com so plug okay. for them you would use that as a teacher or would students use it as well both both okay. certainly if you're learning english it's very interesting if you've got any grammar doubts i like it for the tenses as well really good for the tenses you have differences but i know past perfect continuous and past continuous you've got a doubt it'll explain what the difference is and you can look at the graphs the graphics and then do the exercises so very good I think with things like past perfect, continuous, it's quite good to have visual element, isn't it? It does oh, yeah. help, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, They're I would quite often, simple visuals. I'm sure they are. I would use that idea when explaining something like the past perfect continuous, because I think you can obviously draw a simple visual yourself, can't you? And it's quite mm -hmm. nice. I think it helps. One other book that I use is... Well, I don't know whether this would be of interest to you. It's probably lower levels, maybe intermediate or pre-intermediate levels. I think it's interesting for you because mostly your lessons are conversation-based, aren't they? Mostly, yeah. So this book is called 50 Conversation Classes, and it's from ESL Games Box. And what they do is they have 
50 different topics and they split it up into different aspects. So you got a quotation from a famous person at the beginning. So you can kind of talk about that quotation. Then they have mixed up vocabulary. Got the first letter is correct. And then the other letters are all mixed up. So they're not in the correct order. And then it will tell you whether it's a noun and it will give you a definition. And then obviously you have to reorder the letters Mm -hmm. to give the correct word. And then I like it as well because you've got an idioms and collocations section and you've got gaps and you've got words at the bottom where you fill in with the gaps connected to the topic. It's quite nice. For example, just opened it at sleep. I slept like a log, for example. Mm -hmm. So -hmm. you have to put the word log into the sentence in order to make it work, basically. So I think that's quite nice. Then you get a very short grammar bit, which I think is very nice too, because it's almost like a bit of a refresher while you're having a chat. So there's just a few sentences, it underlines the sentence, grammar point that you're looking at. So for example, here it's talking about past continuous. So it's a brief conversation, refresher about that. And then it launches into 10 questions, really. As I said, it's maybe pre-intermediate, intermediate level, because they're quite basic questions. How long does it take you to fall asleep? What do you do if you can't sleep? Mm-hmm. What do you do if you can't sleep? What do I do if I can't sleep? Uh, I count sheep in binary. <laughs> Great. No, no, really. Honestly. Try it. In binary. So what do you mean exactly? So it's zero, one, ah. one, zero, one, one. One zero zero. <laughs> now your listeners think I'm weird, but it gets you to sleep. The listeners Decimal. already know you're weird from <laughs> from the dictionary reading episode. <laughs> yes, but that must be, be connected to your computer background as well, is it? The binary thing. I guess so, but I think you have to concentrate more on binary than if you're just counting in decimal. You have to rid yourself of all other thoughts. You're focusing on the binary numbers and you fall asleep very quickly. That's my top tip for today. Count sheep in binary. Excellent. I like that. I'm not sure how it's going to help English learners. Maybe it can help you relax. And... Maybe your insomniac listeners, who are probably <laughs> listening to this at like 4 a.m. in the morning, opening to, <laughs> to sleep. Maybe they can try and let us know if it works or not. We're killing two birds with one stone, so to speak. Yeah. yeah which means we're solving two problems at the same time. So we're also teaching you English. We're solving your insomnia problem too. Yeah, maybe some other problems to come. Who knows? Your relationship problems. <laughs> we're going to turn into psych- psychologists or psychiatrists or something. <laughs> exactly. Well, there are a lot of relationship problems, I think, at the moment due to like lockdown, people like in small, small rooms Confined together. areas, yeah. Confined areas, yeah. Or alternatively, relationship enhancing. Yeah, sure situations were there any other books that you were keen to talk about well i thought i'd mention one more if you permit me john yeah sure and this one is well anyone can read this one if you're a native speaker it's very useful and if you're learning english very useful and it's a very famous book it's called eat shoots and leaves by lynch trust you know that one i do know that one yeah you read it I haven't read it. No, is it a nice one? It's very good. It's about punctuation. Mm-hmm. Lots of English speakers, lots of people learn English. English speakers, including myself, I have doubts about sometimes about punctuation. Oh my God, is this going to be a semicolon or is it a comma? 
Oh no, trauma. This explains it all. It's nice. Great. And it's quite funny, lots of anecdotes about the war of the comma, because the comma was in the wrong place. It was misunderstood by the recipient and caused the war. That's why you have to get it right. We can talk about the title, can't we? It's a panda bear. He walks into a pub and then he pulls out a gun and then he shoots the gun and he storms out of the pub. The rest of the customers in the pub goes, what's happened there? He goes, well, look up panda bear in the dictionary. They get a dictionary. And he goes, oh, panda bear eats, shoots, and leaves. It's a play on words. You can shoot, bang, bang, and you can leave. And also the bamboo shoots, bamboo that come out of the ground, they shoots, and then also eats the leaves of the bamboo. It's difficult to explain. I don't know. Once you start explaining a joke, it's not funny. That's the problem <laughs> with, with joke explanations. People just say, okay, so it's supposed to be funny, yes? Yes, now's the time to laugh. Okay, oh, but- why aren't you laughing? We're explaining the punctuation more than anything, aren't we, than explaining the joke. If you put the commas in there, then it has a very different meaning, doesn't it, without the commas? Oh, yes. You're right. Without the commas, the panda eats bamboo shoots and leaves from the bamboo plant, right? Yeah. Whereas if you put the commas in after each verb in this case, because they change mm. to verbs rather yeah. than nouns, then that's what the panda does. You know, eats yeah. in the pub, shoots gun and then leaves and then leaves the pub yeah you saved me there john yeah you explained it much better than me i was just telling the joke i forgot that it was a book is actually about punctuation (laughs) i talked about it in the first place no it's a good book it's just one of these books you can pick up you can enjoy it because it's funny it's interesting and it's educational as well you learn a lot of stuff about punctuation i'll pick that one up as well because i think that's a nice one especially if it's for a native speaker Would you say, again, that's for a higher level of English learner? Yeah, but it's not too complex. It's written in a sort of chatty style. So I think you've got an intermediate level upwards and you can read the book. Yeah, not for beginners, I don't think. Next time you're climbing a mountain in Spain, you can take that book with you. Yes, I will do because I frequently climb mountains in Spain. Iberian mountain. Yeah, that's the first thing I'm going to do when I get out of lockdown. Climb an Iberian mountain. Yes. Well, this is a book that's not really about English learners, but there's a book called Watching the English. Have you read or heard about that? Is that the Jeremy Paxman book? Well, maybe he did one, but I don't think it's by Jeremy Paxman. No, no, no. Tell me why. I'm being confused. It's just talking about British culture and the way English people are. So I think it's quite a curious thing. We are quite strange in certain ways, aren't we? As English in particular, I'm not talking about British Mm. people. I'm talking about English. I think that's nice to give a cultural element to understand how English people are. Uh, Just Google it, actually, John, by Kate Fox. That's the one. Okay, yes, I'm wrong, but uh, it looks interesting. I think it's a nice book. I bought it for my mum once. I should read it, really, but I think it's a nice book. And it also will perhaps explain why Gideon is quite weird. (laughs) I thought you could say brilliant, then you use another word. Can you give an example? I can't. Not um, how I'm weird. <laughs> you're weird. No, not how I'm weird. I give an example of, of hidden rules of the English. I guess it's just talking about things like scones and whether you should put the jam on first or the cream on first, strawberries at Wimbledon, or strange etiquette, maybe the idea of drinking tea at four o'clock in the afternoon. Isn't that one a bit of a cliche? 
it's definitely a cliche isn't it but nowadays in london you can get a nice afternoon tea can't you to perpetuate the cliche it's a self-fulfilling prophecy because all these uh, foreigners who heard that english people have tea at four o'clock they come to london or, or england sorry i know england isn't just london wow we're in england we must get tea at four o'clock the hotels so there are lots of foreigners who want tea at four o'clock let's provide them with something comes a self-fulfilling prophecy it does indeed you can sit there and watch the rain outside yeah do they mention cricket i'm sure they do mention cricket yeah what do you mean? You, have you read it or not? I haven't read it. Sorry, <laughs> I haven't read it. <laughs> it's very bad of me. I haven't read it, but apparently it's a very good book. My mum said it was a good book. Okay. I need to read it. Okay. Next time I'm able to visit my parents, I'll pick it up. Yes. The last book I wanted to talk about is right. probably useful if you're going to university or you're doing the IELTS exam. It's about writing academic English. And this is a Pearson Longman book. And I think this is a nice book. I think the way it's set out is pretty clever. It's got enough detail for it to be very interesting, but also it's set out in quite a simple way. I found a lot of students have found it very useful to improve their writing, academic writing, of course. What's the name? Did you give the name? The name is Writing Academic English. So it's a very original title. Okay. Yeah. does exactly what it says on the tin, Mm. will improve your academic English writing. And I like it. I think it's smart. It works out well. Have you read it? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I've read this one. Um, (laughs) Good. I'm glad you've actually read one of the books you recommended. (laughs) That's the problem, isn't it? If you recommend books. Watching the English just came into my mind. Okay. That's my excuse. This one I do use with students. And often I loan it to them for them to take it home write something and then we go through things together okay excellent i'll check it out i must admit i haven't read that one do you normally help students through academic writing and things like that and let them talk no a long time ago i used to do written english and Mm -hmm. all that stuff academic english but these days i focus on conversation classes it's just what i love doing and that's my focus at the moment. So not that I don't do it. Sometimes I have like a private lesson or something and I do things like that. But I look at it a little less often. Because also you have a podcast as well, don't you? Yeah, I have a wonderful podcast. It's called Zeitgeist Banana. We talk about all things about the English language. And John is a frequent guest on the podcast. And he's wonderful. I'll also very briefly mention that I have a YouTube channel called Let Them Talk TV, where John does occasionally appear. I appeared a couple of times eight eight years ago. No, no, you have recently. Oh, I have recently. Yeah. Yeah. With my rather wooden acting skills. (laughs) No, well, it was okay. It was great. It was okay. You were wonderful. You are always. Thank you. I'll try and seem a bit more relaxed next time. (laughs) You probably would have been better off with Matt Damon on this occasion. (laughs) Yes, but I chose you rather than Matt Damon wanted to appear on the show. Can I call it a show? But I said, no. John knows his grammar. You, Matt, you can act. What else can you do? Nothing. Goodbye. <laughs> Nothing. Slam the phone down. <laughs> that might have caused problems for your invite to the next Hollywood party. Yeah, exactly. I said, go away and count sheep in binary, Matt. <laughs> Best insult I could come up with at the time. Fantastic. And he said, yes, with pleasure, I will. <laughs> yes. Thanks very much for listening, listeners. I think that hopefully was a very insightful 
idea about some books and resources you can use. As we said, we don't get any commission. None of these people have told us to promote their books. But if anybody is listening who wrote one of these books and do want to give us money because we've promoted (laughs) them, then we'd be happy for you to get in touch. For tax reasons, we prefer cash than check. Indeed. Uh, Only kidding there for tax money listening. It has to be a French tax man. Don't don't speak (laughs) English too well. Thanks very much for listening. And thanks for joining me, Gideon. It's been very insightful. Pleasure is mine. Catch up next time. You've been listening to English with Monty. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave me a donation online via our website. Monty is a small independent company and I do all the editing myself. I would suggest £2.50 to buy me a coffee or £5 for a beer. MontyEnglish.co.uk Then just click on the podcast button at the top. You can donate here. Thank you. I appreciate it.